Amon Arbery, Breonna Taylor, George Floyd. This is just the most recent dust from police brutality the media has covered in the span of three weeks. Unfortunately, there are many names who died from the same cause in the past, and in the end, if nothing changed from here, there will be more unarmed black men and women to die in the years ahead. When will it stop? As a black man in America, seeing an unarmed black person being shot dead on camera from the police is starting to get numb. We're starting to get accustomed to the unnecessary fatalities played against black men and women from the same organization that is put in position to protect and serve. The world is on fire. Turn on the television. And you will see several cities rioting in the wake fake bills. From there, the cops arrive. The video that went viral on social media shows Floyd already pinned down by Minneapolis police officer Derek Chavon, a white cop seen pressing his knee in the back of Floyd's neck while he lies face down in handcuffs. Floyd says, I can't breathe repeatedly for a total of 15 times before he goes silent. What happens next is a video goes off. The police call the EMT at 8.30 and the EMT arrives in six minutes. They take him to a local hospital where he's pronounced dead at 9.25 p.m. This is not a new thing. This is something that is not unprecedented. This, is, this has happened time and time and time again. I asked myself, what can I do to help besides posting? I'm your host, Jordan Perkins. I'm from Gwinnett Mercy University. And I was born and raised in Wilmington, Delaware. I'm your co-host, Justin Collins. I also go to Gwinnett Mercy University. And currently, I live in Delaware County. My last co-host is Jimmo. Jimmo couldn't be with us today because he lost a family member. Jimmo wanted to express his opinion on a lot of the topics I have. We've been talking for a long time. This is kind of something that kind of came out of nowhere for him. So he didn't feel as though he was going to be in the right mind space to be here. But he definitely told everybody to keep him in his prayers. So we're going to do that for you. We're going to keep you in our prayers. I came up with a solution to have a call and an episode with my peers who are deeply affected by this, this topic of police brutality. Each one of my peers has a distinguished opinion on each of the topics that will be brought up. After each topic is said, me and my co-hosts will give our thoughts, and then we'll open the floor. One by one, each caller can be tapped in and given their respective time to give their thoughts on the topic. I urge everyone calling to be respectful, speak from the heart, all of your voices matter. With that being said, this is the first topic we have today. So, to start it off, I want to start like really broad, and we're just going to talk about uh, police brutality. So, what do you guys feel are some solutions to ending or improving the problem of police brutality in America? The first person up is uh, Nasir. Good evening, everybody. My name is Nasser Walker. Uh, I'm currently a 22-year-old senior at the Lincoln University. Um, I'm from Wilmington, Delaware. Born and raised here. Lived here my whole life on the same street, right down the street from Perth. Um, personally, I feel like the first step to uh, to making change in in like the police force period is by getting people that actually genuinely want to make a change in the inner cities that's first like people that are actually accustomed to being in the dangers that they so-called always find themselves in that's where i'm coming from with that one next caller I like that. next up's Haley. 
All right. So I'm from, I'm Haley Baker. I'm from Wilmington, Delaware. I've lived here my whole life. Went to Sanford. But I believe that it has to be, it has to come like from within. It can't just be like people joining that want to do things properly. They have to make stricter guidelines about like actual processes that have to go on like my friend was saying how in England they have to like file a whole bunch of paperwork just to let off a gun like when a gun is shot they have to just fill out all this stuff so if that was implemented here people don't want to fill out that much paperwork so little things like that was done and could be regulated more just something like that I feel like could make such a big difference and just having people like doing actual thorough like background checks or having like a zero policy type thing where if they have a record of being racist or doing racist things or posting racist things on like Facebook that should tell you enough of what you need to know about who's working for you but yeah that's just a couple of ways that was well said. Thanks, Haley. Oh, definitely, definitely well said. Next caller. Next up, uh, Connor. Yeah. Um, so I was able to have an internship with the Attorney General's office this summer. Introduce uh, yourself, bro. Sorry, my name is Connor Russo. I'm from Ocasta, Delaware. I went to Stanford. I go to University of Delaware. Um, but I was able to intern with the Attorney General's office this summer. And um, there's a lot of paperwork done every time that somebody encounters any type of situation, especially a police officer. Um, but, but my response to police brutality and, and how we can go about changing that situation is uh, we, need to, we need to really start to influence minority youth to, to become... Um, to want to be a police officer. Uh, I think that the more minorities that are within the police departments, it'll help change that, that whole vendetta that there may that, that they may have um, in that police department. Um, if there's any concern that that police department's racist or, or not, then I think the easiest way to get through that is to start encouraging minority youth to go into that field and to change from within um but that's i think my number one uh, way on how to combat um this police brutality it's definitely interesting you said that because that's one of the questions coming up is if black men and women should start joining the police academy but we'll get into that later cause who's the next caller graduate and a respiratory therapist at the hospital at the University of Pennsylvania. Um, concerning police brutality, I really think background checks play a huge role in that, mm. as well as psychological background checks Definitely. and constant checking of psychological states. Uh, in addition, I just think with the interview process and things like that, anyone can do a job. But it really, but it really takes a special individual to do the job well. Mm. 
and you should judge character during that job interview. And if you think, even though they are fully qualified, if they are unfit, either like emotionally or just invested with like purpose of, for that job, mm. then I don't think you should be a police officer. Mm. And I think that would reduce police brutality. Mm. And after me, I'm actually going to talk for Ludi, who is currently at work. Ludi is 22 years old. She's a Gwen Merchant graduate as well, and she's from Philadelphia. Mm. So she said, well, the first thing that needs to be done, the police need to take ownership of their deaths. The police officers did the police officers that did it need to be charged and sent to jail. This should be non-negotiable. They did the crime, they did the time. Stricter guidelines and police training train them to understand that black people are not threats, they're humans. Also, I don't know if you guys saw the video of the New Haven police officers taking a stand against police brutality. You should watch. We need more of that as well. That, that was Ludi's point. Ludi had a loaded answer. And we're going to get to a lot of the stuff that she said in the following questions. So keep that in mind. Keep that in mind, Ludi. Kyle, who's that? Uh, Warren's up next. <clears throat> good evening. Good evening. Uh, Warren Wood, uh, high school football coach. Uh, Coach Perk one year in practice to give some uh, context where all this is coming from. Delaware native, the whole state is mine. Uh, <laughs> honestly, when it comes to not just who wants to be a cop, but in any job that you have, it's all about hiring the person. Mm. You can't just hire someone who is fits qualifications that you can type on a piece of paper. Mm. That's the most important thing with anything that you do. And the problem is I see that people, you know, in the police force, they're being hired strictly off of, oh, I'm physically fit, I passed the shooting test, I went to school, this, that, and the third. But who are you as a person? Mm. Who are you as an individual? Uh, Like I spoke to you guys earlier, you know, yesterday protests, and I knew a couple of, you know, people in the police force because I went to high school with them. So whereas people look at them as officers such and such, I'm calling them by their first name. Mm. Oh, what's, what's really important when it comes to hiring, you know, people in law enforcement is who are you outside of that badge? Mm. Well, I have to call you officer every time I see you, or can I just call you by your first name because you're a person? Mm. I think at times the police department needs to, find a way to actually humanize the occupation of being a cop. Mm. So you feel that there's not really much a, a connection with the inner cities and the police force? It's not a connection with the police force and people. Mm. It's not just, I mean, it's the inner city who it attacks the most, but there's not a connection between police force and people. You know, I mean, Perk, you could take me for an example. Yeah, like, you you know me as Coach Wood, but, like, you know who Warren is. Mm. That's important when you're in a position of power and you're in a position of leadership for people to know who you are beyond the title that you have. Mm. Definitely. Definitely, definitely. I, w- I want to say, say something, but I don't want to take away from anybody's time. So I- I'll refrain from talking until m- my time comes, so... Justin, who's the next? Uh, Calvert. 
Rajay, tapping in from Arizona, Virginia, mm. Jersey right now. Um, all I can say on police brutality is we should definitely should find a way to revamp this whole system. Mm. Police forces have been built off historically patrol patrol groups founded in the South that mm. also look for loose slaves mm. and to bring them back to their plantations. Mm. If we base off something deeply and rooted in slavery, there's no way can, we can change it. Can you go back? Can you go back and and, and elaborate on that history real quick? Um, patrol groups in the South mm. were formed just so they can find loose slaves that ran away from their plantations. Wow. And these patrol groups have formed into your modern day police stations, police groups, you know, as we see today. Wow. And if you're, you're based on something from the slavery era period, there's no way you can't, you can't move forward without dismantling the foundation. Definitely. You know what I mean? Yep. You, can't, you can't build a house on a broken foundation. Yes. Definitely. You feel know I me? Mean? It might be, it might look good from the outside. Oh, we all uniform, badged up. You look good. Nice military gear. But if your foundation shake, you're going to fall. And if you're morally unjust and your foundation is morally wrong, there's no way we can go forward. Definitely. And it's funny that you bring that up because one of my one of my peers, CJ Wolf, uh, a basketball player, my, my teammate who went to Gwinnett Mercy University, he said that the country was built off of racism and slavery. And if we look at it from a, a metaphorical standpoint, the tree, if it's a tree, if the country's a tree, the root of it is racism, slavery, right? And yeah. as it grows, the branches, there's definitely branches of hope. There's definitely branches of, of people yeah, coming together sure. and everything like that. But the root of it, the root of it is, is still racism. that tree forever. Exactly. And, and what were you about to say? And oh, and I was also to um, to piggyback off of Connor too. We definitely need more people that look like us joining in to the force. Because if you're not, if you come in to police our city and you're not from our city, there's no way you can ever relate to us. Definitely, definitely. Collins. So, and uh, last but not least, Diana's up. Hi, I'm Diana, and um, I go to Gwinnett Mercy. I'm a senior. And I'm from the Philadelphia area, and my viewpoint is that we got to reform this whole police system. Time like, out, Ayana. Ayana. Yeah. What do you do at Gwinnett? Like, what, what's so? <laughs> I'm the president of BSU at Gwinnett. Back to the union. Yeah. Okay. So my thing is that I think we just need to reform the whole police system together, like, because clearly it's not working. If people are innocently dying every day, something's wrong. Mm-hmm. So I feel like we need to reform that altogether. Period. Mm-hmm. And then I also feel as though that we need to fix like this application process of being uh, a police officer, like you know, saying getting the background checks, all that. But we also need to go in and see who's already a police officer and get them bad apples out. Mm-hmm. So get new, good, fresh apples and get rid of the old ones because the old ones is going tainted, and that's my point. Some somebody said one time, you know, people always say. The police force has got a couple bad apples. It's a couple bad apples in the in the police force. Some jobs they can't afford to be a bad apple, right? Like if there was a a couple bad apples in the air in the airport and like the pilot being a pilot, if there's a couple bad apples, the plane is going down. <laughs> the entire plane is going down. Some some jobs they can't afford to be one bad apple because 
if there's any bad apples, it's detrimental to the entire unit of the entire country and everybody that's a part of that system. Collins? Yeah, so I want to talk about protests a little bit. And, you know, peaceful protests versus a violent protest because either work, you know, what is the end goal of these protests, you yeah. know? So I want to see how you guys feel about that. Okay, so we're going to go back around to the front, back to Nasir. All right, again, my name is Nasir, guys. Um, <clears throat> so first off, I want to talk about whether or not uh, peaceful or violent protests work. Mm. Um, personally, I believe that both forms of protesting are efficient. It all depends on how those patrolling said protests respond. It seems lately, especially, most peaceful protests become violent protests due to those that are present to quote-unquote protect when they deem the situation as dangerous or beginning to lose control. Mm -hmm. Your job is to be a master at de-escalation, and there should be no problem when it comes to a situation like we've been seeing People screaming in your face should not get you to a point where you're ready to kill somebody mm. or, or like, tear grass a crowd. It's not your job. Your mm. job is to de-escalate the situation, and that's what should be done. Definitely. Definitely. I, I always feel a little bit of a way about people saying violent protesting is not the way. It should be peaceful protesting. And then we got, like, situations like Colin Kaepernick, right? And... What's more peaceful than kneeling? Correct? So we can't win. Exactly. So it's like damn if you do, damn if you don't type of thing. Literally, bro. Exactly. It's like they don't want us to they don't want us to kneel, but they also don't want us to loot. Like it's it's no it's no medium, man. Y'all killing us regardless. Mm. Colin. Uh Haley, what do you think about this stuff? All right, so it's Haley Baker from Delaware again. Um, I feel like it really just depends on what's being protested. I think for this situation with George Floyd and just everything that's been going on recently, there's just so much emotion in it that it's hard for that to be put aside in a peaceful protest. Mm. And you see videos online of police officers like it being a peaceful protest and police officers are like dying like itching for something to go wrong so they can just attack whoever's out there mm-hmm. like you literally like there are literally videos of them laughing at people's in people's faces mm-hmm. like trying to start stuff and just with everything like there's just too much emotion for a peaceful protest to like thoroughly go through and then you're always always also going to have people that are trying that are going to be there for the wrong reasons that just want to disrupt what's going on Mm. and take away from it but overall i think when it comes to a black protest like something that's going to have a majority of black people out there Mm. peaceful protest is not going to be able to happen just regardless Mm. Because the cops are going to be sent out regardless whenever they see a group of black people. Like, mm. we've seen this happen where it's not even a protest and they just want to be out. Like, mm. there's no way for it to be peaceful. So I just feel like that's how it is. So you're saying that there's no way for it to be peaceful, but do you do you have another solution? Like, what type of protesting do you think will work? saying we need to be violent and like go out there with the mentality that this is going to end bad like we need to start looting
not going to be out here saying, like, I don't see why they're doing it. Like, I don't see their point of view. Like, I definitely understand why it happened. Not mad by it, honestly. So, mm. that's how I feel about it. God was well said. Definitely. Definitely uh, well said. Connor, how do you feel about this? <clears throat> Can you hear me? Yep. Okay, uh, Connor from Delaware again. Um, well, it, it kind of takes me back to what we were just talking about with the whole bad apple scenario. You mm. know, um, I feel as though we get into this whole, we get into very specific instances where um, a lot of times we just, we commit wrong actions because that's what we believe in. But at the same time, these this bad apple situation, especially with cops, and then we can translate that over to, you know, the Baltimore riots a, a couple, was it two years, three years ago, mm. when Barack Obama said that the um, people that were rioting and loot, looting were thugs. Mm. Uh, I mean, he, he literally said that they were thugs, and a few bad apples of that protesting group um made him go about that statement. Mm. I think that there's a time and a place to do both. However, you know, I think it should be strategic. I saw something on, on Twitter about a blackout weekend, I think it was, or a blackout day where um, somebody was calling for all black people in America to not spend money for a whole day mm. or a whole or a whole two days. And, mm. It's an interesting, it's an interesting thing to think about, and and I think that would be a really uh, interesting way to protest passive um, aggressively this entire situation. Um, you know, is what happened in any way right? Not at all. But um, two wrongs don't make a right, and I think that's going to be a reoccurring theme mm. of the this episode for you guys like two wrongs don't make a right and um i think if we want any meaningful change we need to do that um together in a way where we can we can see meaningful change rather than looting and and rioting um places especially in those places where black business owners owners exist you know um, especially where those black business owners have businesses um that's personally my opinion um and and i think that as long as the protest is in it is being thought about and and it's being uh, really calculated Mm. um i think that um it's if it's uh peaceful or violent it needs to be thought about in any which way. It can't just be a matter of emotion. You have to put some thought behind it. Um, and I guess I'll end there, but I would glad gladly respond to anyone with, anyone, with any questions. Mm. I, I think Haley might have had a question for you. A couple people definitely had, had a question. Uh, we, we, can go with, we can go with Haley first. Yeah, my question was just, like, other ways, like, what? Like, that's very vague. We've tried other ways of peaceful. Like, Jordan mentioned the kneeling, and we see where that went. Mm. I mean... So, what I other ways? I think the, the kneeling protest with Colin Kaepernick, that in, in no way got violent. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. But it also didn't have any effect. 
to be honest, like, yes, what he was doing was great, but did he not nearly, like, lose all his contracts? Well, I mean, that in and of itself is debatable. However, I think it did do a lot. How is that debatable if it happened, though? May I speak, please? But I'm asking a question. Kata can go. You said you answer the questions. Okay, in and of itself, I think that's debatable whether he lost his contracts because of the kneeling situations or because of his overall skill level. However, if we're talking about this... If we're talking about this from a perspective where um, what is protest effective, yes, I think it was because it generated a lot of talk about what was going on in America at the time. Mm-hmm. A lot of NFL players jumped on the same train despite the amount of hate he got. And anytime you're going to protest anything controversial in this country, there's going to be hate from the radical other side. Mm-hmm. At that same time, you know, was that hate um, necessary? Was it was it needed? Probably not. But at the same time, you're taking a huge risk doing that. And he was very well rewarded by everyone who saw what he was doing for the NFL, for um, the rights of black people at the time. Um, okay. He was taking a huge sacrifice in protesting, as was MLK, as was Malcolm X. I see that to, like, an extent, but the only thing is that the whole point of a protest is to have change. There wasn't change. NFL players, if they decided to go along with that and join him, they were fined. Like, it became a point where you would be fined if you joined along in what he was doing. And then on top of that, I didn't see any changes. I didn't see anyone saying, okay, like, yes, police brutality. Like, they were focusing on the fact that he wasn't standing up for the national anthem. It became more of an issue of him respecting the country. And I feel like even what he was doing was lost because people started focusing on the wrong thing. Nothing was done. His protest had no results in the end except him losing contracts, other people getting fines. Like nothing was done. All right, we're going to have we're going to have time to to debate and a lot of time to discuss this again, but we got to keep Keep the conversation going. Um, Collins, who's the next person? Uh, Colin. He's also speaking Flutie, too, so he's got this. Uh, Colin from the Poconos. I actually have a lot to say on this topic. I'm not going to lie to you. Um, so when it comes to peaceful versus violent protest, I think neither work. So with peaceful protesting, Colin Kaepernick was a great example. Didn't work. We had the I can't breathe with the NBA players. It didn't work. There was multiple times where athletes were taking knees and it didn't work. At one point, a news reporter said LeBron James, just shut up and dribble. Mm. Come on. I definitely remember that. That that was ridiculous. That was obscene when they said that. Obscene. Mm. And then I'm going to switch over to the violent protest. So clearly the peaceful protest didn't work. Let's go over to violent protest. So I hate, I hate when people on Facebook talking about MLK, MLK, there was no riots during that time period. 
between 1963 and 1970, there was around 700 riots between African Americans and injustice. Mm. And you know what? Riots do promote social reform. But the thing is, how many riots are we going to have to get the social reform we actually need? Mm. Like, how many times do we have to continue to burn down cities, burn down businesses, do all this stuff to just get our voices heard? Definitely. I, I don't, uh, Perk, you and me saw the same video on Twitter. You know our Twitter game goes crazy. Color <laughs> underscore underscore mercy. And, um, uh, it we was had to get video. that plug out there. A, oh, of course. Uh, yeah. It was a 48 year old, a 31 year old, and a 16 year old. Yep. And the 31 year old was preaching to the 48 year old. How many times do we have to do this? How many times do we have to risk our lives? And whether it be peaceful or violent protests how many times do we have to continue until there's actual change and he looked over to the 16 year old and he said i need you to find a better way definitely and that's what i think and that's what i think i really like i hate to say i was so upset earlier but i actually called courtney just to talk to him about like just i don't know what to do and there's so much hate and i don't know who's, how to who's get courtney? it courtney cubbage you already know Oh, from Gwyneth. Yeah, one of my best friends. Gotcha. And so I, I called him and I said, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I called him and I said to him, I said, dude, there's just so much. Like, I literally was so upset with social media. I said, there's so much hate in the world. And I truly don't have the best solution. I don't think anyone has the best solution of how to solve it. And and there has to be a better scenario. That's all I have to say is Definitely. I don't think either work, but I think there's a scenario and I if that does, and I really hope we get to the point where we find it. Definitely. I mean, like like you just said, I feel like we're going in a cycle. It's, it's definitely a cycle. Um, couple months go by, unarmed black male gets killed, female gets killed. The, the cities, and I, I definitely feel like this is one of the biggest riots and the biggest reactions that I've seen that I lived through. But I remember with Trayvon Martin, it was the same situation. Um, people were riding in the streets, things like that. And then as time goes, people just kind of forget. Like people just, yep. there's there's a portion of people who don't forget in the Black Lives Matter uh, movement and just some people, everyday people who who are always fighting for the cause, fighting for what you're, what you're saying, a better way. But I feel like mainstream media just forgets. I feel like we go throughout all this and we go through this riots and looting and things like that. And then something just catches our attention, the, the mainstream media. And then we never talk about it anymore. Like it's never like yes. a, a problem that we should talk about anymore. It's like, Oh snap, Drake just dropped. Never mind. Like, like in a, in a few, in a few months, will this even be a conversation? I feel like it should be a constant conversation. Yeah, and I completely agree with you. I also have one more, just, I gotta throw this out. You, uh, So, the context behind this, someone, uh, Perk retweeted a tweet last night, and it had me feeling some type of way, so I, I had to reply to it. And it was talking about social distancing, as a healthcare professional, it said social distancing is dead, and like, stop, and like, all this mask stuff. With all the peaceful, like all the protests and stuff, I see all these individuals not wearing masks. Mm. I don't care about the social distancing aspect, but take it from someone that's been working with COVID for three months now. Mm-hmm. I don't want to see these cases continue to go up and rise due to something such as a peaceful, uh, even like a peaceful or violent protest. 
If you're there, please, please wear a mask and also be concerned for the healthcare professionals that are trying to get to the hospital and trying to get to work. Like today, my phone's been blowing up for the last hour, just giving me updates of how to get the pen safely and like how to give it efficiently on time. There's people, we are in the middle of a pandemic still. Mm. So please wear a mask and practice social distancing when possible. Ludi has something to say? Actually, Colin, Colin, you don't have to. I'm going to speak my mind on this. Okay. I think it's more than a chat. Okay. So, so what I was saying in the Introduce chat. Introduce yourself. And I still do agree with that. Hi, my name is Moody, and I am a recent graduate at Guantanamo University. Um, so, I believe that in the past, um, peaceful protests have, has not gotten us anywhere. Mm. I mean, like how many riots, how many, not riots, how many protests of Black Lives Matter have we seen in the past? Mm. Too many to count. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Mm. So with some of these officers, some of them were not charged. Mm-hmm. Some of them even kept their jobs. Mm. They didn't even get fired. Mm. So, how much of a peaceful protest can we do until people start getting extremely frustrated, extremely angry, extremely tired? And this is why these riots start. So, with going back to what Colin said, I do agree. Mm. Peaceful protests don't work. Violent protests don't work. Because either way, we get the backlash. When I, I can't even explain to you how many people I saw on Facebook when peaceful protests were going on, so many people did not even say George Lloyd's name, mm. didn't even care to share it. No one said anything. But as soon as these riots start, that's when we want to start bashing people. That's mm. when we want to start talking about how these riots are terrible. You guys are tearing up your city. But no one said anything about George Lloyd with that anger, right? Mm. So we want to be quiet when a black man dies. But then you guys want to be angry at the reaction. Mm. Make it make sense. People are frustrated. This is what happens. And another thing with the MLK thing, because I'm seeing a lot of people post about this on Facebook with, oh, the darkness doesn't drive darkness or whatever, the light. Well, another thing that MLK said was that riots are, are... Riots are for people who feel unheard. Mm. And we feel unheard. So if you guys are questioning a riot over a life, then maybe you need to figure out your life as a human being on this earth. Mm. And that's all I'm about to say. That's all I'm going to say. Thank you. Powerful. All right, Warren, you're up. First of all, damn, I don't got nothing to say. Um, Yeah, it's Warren again. Um... Peaceful riots, like peaceful protesting and riots, like somebody told me this yesterday. Like me personally, I'm not with the like rioting, but you got to understand at some point, you kind of got to look at people rioting. I know everyone's watched The Dark Knight, but like it probably isn't the best comparison, like with what going, what's going on. But when the Joker blew up the hospital, he kind of just like looked and walked away. Mm-hmm. That's kind of at this point in time, kind of how you have to look at rioting. Like, mm. I don't understand. So if you watch the movie when he blew up the hospital. I know what scene you're talking about, yeah. So yeah. So my point is this. You got like people out here 
who had, we ain't talking about 18 years of rage. We talking about generations of rage and anger. Mm. And this is the first time, 400 plus. And this is the first time they actually get to express themselves. Mm. How you, what you, what you expect them to do? Like, what do you expect these people to do? Especially people who, and no one take this disrespectfully, who aren't necessarily, for lack of better words, educated on everything or have that emotional capacity to be upset but still be able to conduct themselves in a, lack of better words, rational way. What you expect them to do? Mm. They're angry. Mm. Like, but so I'm not for nor against it. Would I personally participate in rioting? No, but that's because of who I am and my mental, uh, my moral compass. But that doesn't mean I'm like, no, nah, no rioting. I'm just like, oh, okay. Now, I get it. But go ahead, Bert. Now I keep saying, I keep saying that I'm going to let everybody talk and I'm going to let everybody talk so I can get whatever I have to say out. But I just feel like. We had a conversation, me and somebody that I know had a conversation about rioting and looting today. And I said that we wouldn't be here if police brutality wasn't a thing. Right. We wouldn't. One happened because of the other. I think people right. are, are, are focused on the looting and things like that, but not the actual action. People are focused on the That's reaction. Colorful. People are, are focused on the reaction, but not the action to get the reaction. And I think that that's it's backwards. It's backwards to me. I no, we say definitely backwards, Kurt. But what you got, like, what people like. So when it comes to rioting, okay. Mm-hmm. So let's take yesterday. You got people rioting. You know, on Market Street. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't want them to riot, but like, you're just as much of a problem if you don't ever educate those people on how to control how to positively use that rage for results, mm. you would be wrong. You're just as wrong because you're letting someone do that. Like, you you bring that person to the side and be like, yo, I get why you're angry. Mm. And I'm not even knocking you for rioting. Mm. But let me help you be better. Definitely. It's not necessarily about is peaceful protesting right or wrong but it's what are you going to do the next time? Mm-hmm. What are, who are you going to be the next time? Like, was one one woman told me. Mm-hmm. She's like, it's all, it's phases. Like, me, I'm not going to riot because I'm past that phase. But some people aren't, and it's okay that they're not past that phase. It's okay. Mm-hmm. That's not my prerogative. That's really not even their prerogative. Like, that's just how they express their rage, anger, and just overall hurt and pain from all this. But as a people, what are we going to do to educate that person on what's going on? So if they want to continue rioting, that's on them. But we got to give these people who want to riot, give them some background on what they're truly rioting about. Because what you don't want people is you don't want just people just tearing shit up, just to tear shit up. If you're going to tear some shit up, tear some shit up because you know what's going on. And that's what you decide to do. Mm. Whether it be right or wrong, I don't want like you don't just want people just going out there busting out sneaker villa and Starbucks just because oh that's what we supposed to do when we protest. If you want to tear some shit up, tear some shit up with a purpose. What I would do, I want you to tear shit up. Like definitely. Me personally, 
Hey, 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 Wood. What's up? We, we gonna come back to you. I'll let everybody else go. Uh, yeah, I was done, honestly. Got so you. you good, bro. Collins? Uh, Lance from Arizona. Uh, Rajay, tapping back in. Um, just kind of piggyback to kind of what others said. Peace really got us nowhere in the past, you know? True change comes from revolutions. And riots don't just happen from a single incident. They're built up to an already overboiling pot that's ready to blow. Mm. And... And it's like once we get there, we get there. You can't you can't take that pot and get it to cool down without turning down that fire. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I don't think anybody. Uh, my fault. I'm, I'm gonna let you speak. I, I hate to Kanye. Yeah, it, I, I hate to Kanye you. <laughs> <laughs> you good? You good? And then I was talking to my two closest friends, Sam Raglan, Cam Easton. Shout out to the boys. Um, Sam he used a great great expression. He said, "Say you have a three year old, right, mm-hmm. and you want your attention." And you're not giving that attention. What are you going to do? That three-year-old is going to raise hell until you get that attention, right? Yep. And I feel like that's the same kind of thing we're doing. We, we raise the hell until we get that right attention, you know, until we get taken care of. I, I think and that's pe- the only way we can go. I think people are, like, getting it confused as though, like, rioting is, like, something. I mean, looting is different. But Yeah, looting is way different. But I think people are getting it confused as, like, something that we want to do. I don't. I don't no, think anybody. No, it's, it's definitely not like that. Yeah, like I, I don't want to be out there in the streets, bro. Like you know, it's not appealing. I'm fighting for. Yeah, it's not. It's not. Yeah. Like, but it's something that we have to do because what else are we gonna do? Yeah. Peace got us nowhere, like she said. And okay, did too too many peaceful protests, and they still assassinated that man. Definitely, definitely. That, that brings you know up. What I mean? Yeah, definitely. So it's like, damn, if we being peaceful and. It, he said, but he made change. All right. <laughs> but he made, did you not see that? The, I said the key word there, Connor, hold, hold, is assassinated, bro. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Connor, Connor has a, a response? Yeah. All right, type it in. He said that he made change. Collins, he, t- he said, but he made change. I know. Collins, type it in. Yeah. You want me to talk? Is that cool? Yeah. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, you can talk. Well, uh, and, and that's a testimony of this time period and, and how wrong some people were at that time and, and how wrong it was to assassinate him. But the fact that he was assassinated doesn't uh, neglect all the positive changes he brought through his protesting, through his peaceful marches. There were sit-in protests, sit-down protests. There was... There is so many other forms of passive aggressive protesting that it was overwhelming to the population. Um, am I saying that it was a hundred percent effective? Absolutely not. But what I do think is that it was effective to a degree that it is in our history books and it is there to stay because he made an impactful change, regardless of the fact that he was assassinated by a racism. I don't know if I can curse, but uh, <laughs> you can go. But, yeah, and and I, I don't mean any disrespect by that, but you know, just because he was assassinated doesn't mean he didn't make any meaningful changes by the way he protested. And I'm saying, uh, can I talk? Yeah, go ahead, go ahead. And you're saying that since he made change, that is cool, but it's like they still took his life for the changes that he made, and those changes didn't even get fixed fully. We're still here. We're still doing these same protests for the pretty much the same reasons that he protested. Mm. So if that change is really effective, we wouldn't be having this conversation. I'm going to be on this Zoom call with you. Mm. I, 
I think that the protest is the protesting then has changed, even if you don't want to say substantially, but even slightly from from that time period to now. All right, I mean, Connor, Connor, I'm 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 gonna have to excuse him yeah, yeah. and uh, let let somebody else talk. Next next caller. Yeah, we gotta move on, move on. Let's finish up with Ayana on this topic. Hi, it's Ayana from Philly, and all I got to say is, why do I got to be peaceful when my people are dying? Mm. I mean, let, me, let me say it again for y'all so y'all can hear it. Why do I need to be peaceful when my people are dying? Like, 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 uh, what's his name? Uh, Cullen said, we in a pandemic. Mm. Peaceful riots, it would just been like a little quick little news clip and every day. Mm. But since we rioting, y'all making noise. We getting... You know, we getting seen. You know what I'm saying? Mm. So I feel like us being violent is making noise. Being quiet ain't gonna get you but so far. Closed mouths don't get fed. Mm. So what I'm saying is like I'm not for the looting and everything, da da da. But I don't care at the same time. What does Gucci and Dior do for me? Mm. I'm them in the street protesting, nothing like that. Like, come on. So that's my thing. Like from on the news, when I was looking at the news, it was always Corona, Corona, this. Now it's black protest, black protest. And I'm in BSU, like I said. So I'm getting emails from people, high up people at Gwinnett, telling me, oh, I didn't even know it was this bad. I didn't even know this was happening. So making some noise is getting stuff done. And that's all I'm going to say. Wow, that was powerful. That's synced. Definitely. Well, is, does anybody want to reply to Ayana, her thoughts? I'm fighting with you. You got to shake the room. I agree. I mean, it works. It's just, I just actually, I just have a question. It's not that I disagree or, I, I agree with you guys. Say who you are. You, oh, I'm Colin from the Poconos. Um, but do you think there's a, like, do you just think there's a better way? Like, I, like, I don't have a solution. I'm going to be honest with you. But I just, it hasn't stopped it so far. And I'm just wondering what would actually stop the injustice. I feel like it's no right or wrong answer because nobody had the answers for it. You know what I'm saying? Like, who's going to be the one to say, oh, violent, that gets done? Yeah, that's, Quiet, that's the that issue. That's, that's my my point. And I just, I don't know what we're, like, it's just sad. Like, I just, like, at what point are we going to reach the solution? I don't know. We've been dealing with this stuff since I was 12. Trayvon Martin died when I was 12. Mm, I'm 21 yeah. years old. Even before that, even yeah. before, that, before that, you know what I'm saying? About, nine, about nine years. Yeah, no, I completely agree with you. I just hope we find a solution soon. Next, I think Jim wants to say something as well. Yeah, I feel like also it has a huge effect. Say who you are. It's Haley Baker from Delaware. Mm. Um, but also a huge part of the issue is. Who's in charge? We still had issues when Barack Obama was in charge, but also we didn't have as much happening with the police brutality because when issues happened, they were solved because we had someone who saw and understood firsthand what was happening. Mm. If we don't have a president who even cares to understand or acknowledge in a respectful manner of what is happening, how are we supposed to respectfully go about doing anything? That's, that's interesting you bring that up because our next question is, does white privilege play a role in police brutality? Oh, wait, hold on. What, what's that, Kurt? Before we get on to that, can I just Got you. give a little thoughts, you know? Oh, fuck, Alex. Uh, the, the riot and everything going on right now... Uh, 
mean, I don't think it's necessarily good, but it's definitely not bad, and it's definitely getting bushes hurt. That's what I think. And it's also more or less like it's natural. People are mad, and it's just built up anger. So I think it's it's not like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like this is just cause and effect type stuff, you know? But my challenge to people everywhere is once the rioting and, and the posting on social media is over with in maybe a week or two weeks, mm. like, what are people going to do in their communities? Like, who's going to take action? Mm. Because that's what I really want to see, you know? Because we need to be the change that we want to see. Mm. You feel me? Now, th- this next question, just to give a little bit of context, um, I'm not a fan of Trump, you know? I, I know a, a lot of people say, you know, couple of things you don't want to bring up in conversation is politics and religion but this is my platform i say what i want and i'm not a fan of trump i'm not i'm not going to sit here and act like i'm neutral in this situation i know that others are but i feel as though trump gave the green light for a lot of things to happen it was already racism in the country but i feel like since he became the president, since he stepped foot in office, racism has sparked even more than ever before because that's the person of leadership. And it's not even, I don't know the man personally, but just the rhetoric and how he speaks, everything, everything about him, what he says, what he doesn't say, it just goes into that he may be, he, he builds a character of that this man may be racist. And that's the worst type of a person that you want as your leader of the country. To me, this is just my opinion. Now, I think that um, he perpetuated a lot of things, and I think one of it, the things that he perpetuated would be white privilege. I feel as though people feel more comfortable now than ever that they're protected because they're white. And a lot of things go in their favor. Like, I was just talking to somebody else I said, when was the last time you seen a white person get shot by a police officer and it actually made the news or the media or anything? I never seen it. I literally never seen it. If somebody can give me that information, I definitely want to see it. Did anybody that was white ever get shot? I mean, there had to be somebody. But what's the number on that versus black people in America getting shot? You say one thing, I say white privilege. But we're going to get into it. What's the question? This is the question. How does white privilege play a role in police brutality? Or is white privilege a role in police brutality? All right, back to me. What's going on, y'all? It's not here again. Um, so we've all seen a few videos on Twitter, I'm pretty sure, about why exactly that's 100% fact. Um. First thing I want to talk about is I'm not sure of the case that it was, but a black man was enraged in a courtroom at the time, and a young woman and a young man, they both were white, barricaded, got like, got became a barricade between the man who ended up standing on top of the desk in the courtroom shouting between them and the police officers, and they were never trying to touch the white man and white woman that were in between them and the black man, they only were always trying to reach over them and grab this man off the desk. Mm. Mind you, the people that were protecting this black man were using their hands, bro, 
we've seen pictures of people with their hands in their pockets still getting spray pigs, still getting uh, pepper sprayed, you feel me? Mm. Using their hands to shove the cops out of the way. Mm. When in anybody's life are you in your right mind allowed to shove a cop in the, like out of the way to mm. do anything? Mm-hmm. You feel what I'm saying, bro? Just just the simple fact that I feel that way. Like, I'm saying that right now. So let you know that there's a such thing as white privilege and comfortability when it comes to interactions with the cops. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Definitely. Definitely. Yeah, I definitely see what you're saying. I say that's good shit. Um, Haley? Well, I'm just saying, like, this was, like, a little bit late. But just going back to what Jordan was saying of, like, where's the evidence or, like, Where's the example of this happening to white people? I'm not going to say it doesn't happen. Like, white people obviously get shot, too. But the difference is for them to get shot, they actually have to be threatening someone's life and probably have had, like, weapons in their hands. Like, you've seen it before. Like, they're actually putting people's lives at risk. Mm. And even when that's the case, the majority of the time, they still find a way to be able to get them where they need to be safely. Mm. They don't have somebody's uh, knee in the back of their neck mm. crying for help. Like, that's the difference. Um, Connor? Yeah, so this is um, this was one of those questions where I, I was kind of reluctant to answer, but uh, what I do want to say is that I think this question starts out with the premise of what exactly is white privilege. Mm-hmm. Uh, talked with this extensively about with, with Jay Perk last night, um, and everyone that I've talked to, regardless of white or black or any other color, um, they all have different definitions of this term white privilege, and um, I think that's an issue with this question. But um, what I will say is um, uh, Arbery, Taylor, and Floyd, they, they absolutely did not deserve what, what happened to them. And it was a fucking shame, or excuse me, it was an effing shame what had happened. Um, you know, Taylor, there, were, there are clear laws that should have protected these people from what happened, um, especially... Uh, the knock and announce rule uh, for Taylor, where a police mm. knock before entering uh, a residence um, mm. for any type of reason that they have. Mm. Um, but uh, as far as white privilege in regards to police brutality, um, I, it's hard to say because I keep hearing separate meanings of what white privilege actually is. Mm. Um, and and we actually view police officers as you know generally white, or if we um, if we want to say that uh, police officers are in and of itself in a different category, you know that they they aren't really viewed as a race or viewed as a, a government entity. Um, I think it's very it's a very difficult question to answer. Um, but I think the question has to start off with what exactly is white privilege, and then we can go from there. Does anybody want to respond? Yeah, can I actually? I would, I would love to understand. Uh, so I actually was researching this. So this is from Teaching Lawrence. Introduce yourself. 
Oh, I'm calling from the Poconos. Gotcha. Um, so, so this was from teachingtolerance.org. This is your de- so this is the current definition of white privilege. Mm. It reads, uh, for many, white privilege is an invisible force that white people needed to recognize. It was being able to walk into a store and find that the main displays of shampoo and and products were catered toward your hair type and skin color. And it was being able to turn on the television and see people of your race widely represented. It is. It was being able to walk through life without being racially profiled or unfairly stereotyped. Mm. Colin, what, so what, to, what ethnicity are you? To, I'm white. You say you're white. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Do Do you feel as though that you being a white male? Do you? think that it exists or do you think um like what's your opinion on white privilege like is it prevalent in your life it completely exists Mm. there's no question in my mind Mm. okay would you uh perfect example let's bring up a recent tweet and it was the top two captions were two white males who killed 32 people Mm. and they were being walked out nice and calmly with handcuffs on with no scratches, no bruises, and then the two bottom individuals were two black guys who first one sold illegal cigarettes, and he was on the ground, restrained by multiple officers in a headlock. Okay, hey, Cullen. was Floyd. What? I I want to get back to Connor, because Connor wasn't done. Oh, I got you. Got you. Well, I would like to understand, who was the first person in that example? It was that first black person in your example that you just stated. What, the, the, the one that sold illegal cigarettes? Yeah, who was that? I, I'm going to be honest, I forgot his name, but I can search it for you. Okay, cool. Well, in the meantime, um, I just think that white privilege, I mean, it, I'm not going to go on with the history lesson for more than a minute, but um, white privilege started out as a personal uh, memoir, not a, not a memoir, but a personal account from a white female in the 1970s, 1970s, excuse me. Um, and she offered no tests, no statistics, hypothesis, or methodologies behind her reasoning for, for white privilege. She didn't even offer a definition for white privilege. She just listed off 50 um, unearned, unearned advantages that she had gained just from being white, supposedly. Um, so my question is, since it's become such a big topic in, in, in our society today, and, and I will gladly agree to it if it applies, but I just believe that a lot of different privileges apply to a lot of different people. I think that an intersectionality of many different privileges apply. I think wealth plays a part. I think ethnicity, geography, time, youth, health, sex, wealth, um, intelligence, athleticism, even attractiveness, they all play a part in privilege. And I think that it's a shame that we're putting a title on a complete group of people, especially knowing the history of putting that title on a group of people. Um, 
I just don't see why it's necessary to, to dumb down something to a bivariate analysis like we're doing today. Um, this is a multivariate world where a lot of different variables play a part in every single thing we do in every day. Mm. Uh, so I, I would, I'm sorry, my, my cat's making a ruckus, but um, I just, I, I don't understand why white privilege, excuse me, but I think white privilege has been used um, very vaguely in present tense. And I would love for us to come to a common understanding of that. And then I think I could be able to answer the question of whether that affects police brutality if and, and when it would. Hey, Colin, do you think you can give um, some examples? Okay, yeah. I actually have a list. Personally, so, yeah, so um, having a favorable, um, positive relationship with police force. Mm. Uh, no, like, uh, so I, I've been pulled over one time, and it was a positive interaction. It was pretty much because my grandmother died and she gave me her car. And I guess something was going on with the papers and everything wasn't processed yet. And I got pulled over. Mm. But like in that moment, I wasn't uh, scared or anything that like other races of individuals experience and stuff like that. And I had a very positive interaction with a cop. Another one, um, uh, having the privilege of being favored by school authorities. I like, I come from a very, non-diverse area actually it's heavily populated with white people Mm. so in like high school i remember there was instances that were completely like obscene Mm. that happened to my friends of other races and stuff like that Mm. and i look back and i see the privilege that happened during those instances in high school Mm. um what else do i have sorry i'm just reading the list we 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 gonna keep moving on, color. We gonna keep moving on just to get everybody. Yeah. You know, everybody's gonna okay, win. Uh, am I gonna do Ludies? Yeah, yeah, because, you can do Ludies. Uh, yeah. uh, Ludies from Philadelphia. Ludie didn't say a lot on this. She said it, she, all she said was yes, it plays a role. Lots of racial profiling videos. Mm. Cons, cons. Who we have next? Uh, it's back to Warren. Is he still there? Yeah, yeah, he's, he's yeah. I'm here, bro. What you think? All right. White privilege. Mm. Let's break this down. So, who was my man who said something about, like, economically, socially, academically, financially, all of that, when it comes to the privileges? All of that stuff is under the umbrella of white privilege. Mm. All of it. Okay. Because for the simple fact, if you really think about white privilege... If you go to a lot of these places, like you can take Hokessing for an example. You don't have to leave Hokessing. You can live a good life. Mm. But if you live in town, you have to leave to go live somewhere, like to be able to do the things that you like to do. Mm. So I don't have to, like, living in town or living in an impoverished place, I have to be around other people just to get the simple things that I want. I can live in Greenville, never leave. Mm. fine. So to me, white privilege does play a part in police brutality because like someone said earlier, 
when the police is just the new form of slave patrol. Mm. So white privilege when it comes to police brutality, okay, you got two or three applicants. They're all the same. I'm going to hire the white guy because he's on the same agenda as me, mm. the real agenda. Being it, like white privilege to me is being able, if you and I are in the same situation, like my man said, he got pulled over. Mm-hmm. White privilege is for you to be able to say, oh, I had a good experience. Definitely. Me, if I get pulled over, I'm praying the only thing I get is a ticket. Definitely. Like that's like, I'll just take the, just give me the ticket. <laughs> the fact that I actually have to think that like, yo, I might get off just because I ran a red light. But like you, that doesn't even cross your mind. And it shouldn't cross your mind. Like I don't want you. I don't. I wouldn't want anyone person to that. Like, oh, well, that doesn't. It shouldn't cross your mind. But it shouldn't cross my mind either. Got you, Collins. Who we got next? Uh, we got a uh, uh, yeah. Go ahead, Connie. I'm just saying. I think that that the point that it, it's hard to get across to a lot of people, especially because I'm. Obviously, a white man, um, but there, there's so many different aspects that play a part of each and everyone's lives. And what if you're a mixed black person? Um, what if you're a black person that's living in a wealthy neighborhood? Um, these are the type of situations that need to be explained and under the umbrella of white privilege, like we're, we like to say, it, it just seems very vague how we use the term. And I, and I mean that in no disrespect. No, nah, you good. I understand the, the, yeah. what you're saying. As can a, can a, I give you an example? Not to cut well, you off. Can I give you an example of like what, like the two things you just said, I can give you clear-cut examples. Sure, go for it. So my brother, my best friend, his mom is white. His dad is black. He's 50-50 across the board. Go tell a go, go tell a cop that he's that. Guess what the cop is gonna label him as? He's black. Black man. Right. Also, same dude I'm talking about. Same dude. This is my man. He's even told me to my face that I've seen my own mother use her white privilege to her to her advantage. He's talking about his own mother. You get what I'm saying? Like, he ain't talking about some white lady that he know. He's talking about his mom. In what context? I forget the actual context of it. I think it was something a little novice as in terms of how she was being treated in a store or something of, of that nature. Okay. But the fact that somebody who was talking about their own mother is able to say that 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 was an alarming like statement to hear it come from like you always make exceptions for your loved ones but you telling me that's like oh white privilege is real like you talking about your own mom hey 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 Will, I'm, I'm gonna cut you off and, and let hey i'm good i'm good now i was just I, I'm that sorry. I, I hate to interject but just before we go to the next person Talking about privilege, there are different kinds of privileges, like you said, kind of different classes and a whole bunch of stuff. But I think it's important that we acknowledge that race is one of them. And like just to give you like a little bit of background about myself, like I live in the suburbs, both my parents have degrees, you know. But like for example, my dad tells me don't go out running at night. Like 
Like, don't go out on the jog at night. Or go to the track. Don't run in the neighborhood. Because, like, my brother had the uh, police called on him as he was exercising. Like, that's an example of racial privilege. Hmm. May I just say something less than 30 seconds? Gotcha. Um, so, so I, and I understand that and I get it and it, it's a tricky subject and it's a tricky, a tricky to- uh, topic to discuss, but I think that there needs to be some concise, um, some discrete definition or, or something that we can all agree on as the term of white privilege. I, I think that. There, there's a lot of different people that view it in different ways and there's different levels to it. Um, there's different types of privilege. So I think that if we are to use that so commonly in society society today, then, then we should be able to um, figure out a, a way where we can all understand it on the same tone, if that makes sense. I, I definitely understand where you're coming from, um, kind of. I obviously don't agree with you. Um, I think that, like Colin said, and you said it too, there are several privileges, and we talked about this 24-7. We talked about this yesterday for like two hours on how many privileges there is. Like, me and you, I'm black, you're white. If a person comes into a room and sees both of us, they're going to assume that I play basketball better than you because I'm black and more Black people are good at basketball than white people, and that's the that's the stereotype. That that's my black privilege. People have wealth privileges. There's several different privileges that go on, and you want a clear definition. But I mean, people have like athletic privileges or whatever, and you're saying, okay, what is what is white privilege? We can say that, like we can keep going, like this. What is it? Thing could keep going. Like I can say, well, what is athletic? Well, what is what is black privilege? Or well, what is that? And we can just keep going on and on and on and on and on. But I feel like the more we we make it simple, the better it is. Like we, I feel like I can't explain it unless I give examples. So I understand that you want a clear cut definition, but, but there's so many examples of it. You can kind of formulate your own definition. Rajay, you hear me? Oh, Rajay from Arizona. My bad. Okay, now what would you say? I said there's no way you can define an abstract topic. You don't dis- define abstract topics in literature. Mm-hmm. You just you just talk about them. Mm-hmm. The same way we were doing now, you can't you can't give a actual definition on the abstract topic. Okay. You're just gonna go in circles like we are now. All right. Uh, well, Circles, but however, if if we were to even talk about the idea of white privilege, because it's being used so broadly in today's society, we should at least understand, especially as a white person, I mean, I want to understand it as much as anyone else, what exactly a white privilege is in but- America. We gonna go back to Rajay. We gonna go back to Rajay, and he's gonna talk. And then, he, if he want to respond, use his time to respond to you. Uh, he can okay. he can do that. But we got you know keep it going. Yeah, you have to do this. Yeah, wants to talk too. For me, I'm I'm six nine. I'm black. I'm, I look like a threat to everybody. <laughs> but if you meet me, bro, I'm like one of the coolest dudes you ever meet. 
Self-proclaimed. That right there, <laughs> that right there just automatically sets people against me because they see me and I'm a brooding, brooding guy. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But yeah. they see Connor Rufo, white guy, what you like, 6'5"? Cool, dude. They see Connor Rufo. They're going to come up to Connor, talk to him all jovial. But they see me, they, they kind of back off like, oh, what's this guy about? Mm. That's your privilege. Mm. You don't realize it because you don't realize it because you don't have to realize it. So, so that's that's the entire thing with my argument is that we only can give you examples, and that's the only that's what I'm telling you. But, but, that. but that's the thing is that you're limiting me to the to the conversation because of who I am. You're, no, we're not. We're excluding you because you have. We're we're including you because you have this privilege. Because you can use it to better things going on. You're already assuming, and I mean this with all due respect. No, yeah, yeah, you did. That I'm, I'm trying to be aggressive with you at all. Like, I I'm, think not, I'm, I'm just talking to you. This is how I talk, and you're thinking I'm aggressive. That's a white privilege right there. 100%. <laughs> Wait, what? Hold up. Let's take a step back. But what I am trying Period. To... Period. What I... We're going to keep going. We're going to keep going. What I'm trying to say is that you're already assuming that people are more likely to talk to me because it's, of the it's because I've experienced it. We gotta let it, we gotta let it finish. I've never experienced that, so you're already assuming that I've that that that's a thing that that's a proven fact when there's nothing to support that ever. I mean, I just gave you my example. It, it could be a, a, a real thing, and that and that's a. Like, show me some statistics or show me some... All right, we're going to let somebody else talk. We're going to let somebody else talk. We got one more person. I think Rudy wanted to say something, right? Yes, please. Um, So, to Connor, um, I was working, so I didn't really catch much of what you were saying. So, I just want to clarify. Do you believe that there is no white privilege? Or are you saying that it's too broad of a topic? Like, what what were, what were you saying? I'm not disagreeing that that there is some type of privilege to do with your color. However, what I am okay. is the way it's used in our society right now, I think it's very mm-hmm. broad, and, and we need to be able to understand what exactly it means. So then we can go from there. I, um, I, I've heard three, four different definitions of it since I've started this this talk about about it with people, um, and, and I think that that's my issue with it right now. But I'm not disagreeing that that race or I, I don't like to call it race because we're all the human race, but. Um, color is is a, a real thing in this country and i'm not denying that okay so what are the definitions can you say the definitions that you have heard from other people of what white privilege is do we have time for this jay perk justin you good can you like try to like uh yeah, like, okay. yeah like just try to paraphrase definitely paraphrase it connor definitely paraphrase it. yeah so, so one definition had to do with police brutality and how white people are infinitely better off with police. Um, the, I've heard the general term, which I also agree with, as the, the definitional term of white privilege as 
white people are predisposed to advantages in this country. Um, I've, I've heard of how white people are um, automatically advantaged to to um, positions of wealth because of their race. Mm-hmm. I've heard of, I mean, I, I could go on. Okay, so whichever you, you agree, do you agree with some of the definitions that are being said? I think it encompasses a bunch of different definitions. The ones, the definitions that resonate the most to you is your personal white privilege. The ones that you resonate with, the ones that you believe that you have in yourself is white privilege. But see, I'm not doing it as that. I'm doing it as a third-person perspective because that's that's what a debate is about. That's what an argument is about, is to take yourself outside of it and to just determine what is right and what is wrong. Yeah, but this could also be in the third person because whoever, whoever is, whoever resonates with the definition that they are, you have white privilege. Like, I don't, I don't even understand, like, why, why this is a debate. Like, white privilege is real. People have white privilege. It's not, it's not a title. It's a fact. And we've seen it through history. We've seen it on our TV screens in 2020. So, like, I don't, I don't understand, like, why, like. You would like to bring into history into this, but. A part of privilege is being in today's society. I mean, if you were that white society twenty years ago, you may not be that privileged. I mean, what what privilege are we talking about? I think you're generally there's a bunch of different intersectionalities of privilege. I mean, I could go on with a list of different intersectionality privileges. Then why can't you acknowledge white privilege? Exactly. I, I have I have acknowledged white privilege. I mean, but but you're trying to generalize it right now. I'm into saying different that, privileges. I'm saying the term white privilege, uh, and I'm not. I mean, you you guys can say that if you want. But that's fine. But what I'm saying is that if we're we're gonna say okay, you have white privilege, is that just because your color of your skin is white? Or is that because of other factors in your life? It's because of your skin tone. It's because of your skin tone. That is what white privilege is. It's your skin tone. You are white. You have white skin. That gets you out of particular situations. Sure. So, Connor, if I'm, I'm trying to understand your point here. So, you do acknowledge that white privilege exists. But you're saying that in today's society, it gets thrown around so much that other privileges are all getting thrown under the white privilege umbrella. Yes. Okay. I mean, there. I mean, that's a perfect way to sum it up. I mean, white privilege. It could be a thing. I would love for somebody to show me how that exactly has infected my life or infected someone other, somebody other's life. Can I chime in on what examples? Sorry to cut you in. The reason why you'll never be able to realize how it affected you is because you're the oh, Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. That's exactly Wait, 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 wait. Who, who's right. speaking? So, can, uh, can you announce yourself? The reason why I say that is because Yo, if you're the privileged one. Excuse me, excuse me. 
Can you, my fault, person. Yeah, you good. Can you announce yourself? My fault. This warning again. Sorry, sorry, people. The reason why you will never be able to see is because you're the privileged one. Uh, so to you, you're just living life. You're like you're just doing what you're supposed to be doing, and you're just be granted the fruits of your labor. But the privilege that you don't get to see that I see is the things that are happening behind the scenes that allow you these fruits of your labor. Now, don't get me wrong. If you earned them, take them. Okay. I'm but not with you. I'm not, I'm not against you. What I'm saying is the privilege is that you don't understand how, because you don't see it, and that's okay. You no, don't see it. But you're not saying that. And that's no, what I'm saying is this. The privilege... The white privilege is you don't see the things that we get undermined for because we're black. You just look at it as normal life. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing you can control. It's not a, it's not like we're not, not us, but like, I don't want you to feel like you're being attacked because you do have white, white privilege, but you got to understand you'll never see it because it doesn't affect you. It affects us. Listen. I'm, I'm not feeling attacked in any time. No, 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 listen, no, no, no. listen. I'm, I'm just, I'm we're going. We're, we're going to keep it going. We're going to keep it going. There's other people who's waiting like hours to talk, so we're going to put them yeah, in. That's my fault. That's my fault. I'm doing a poor job. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> where do we leave off? I think uh, it's Ayana. It's Ayana. Okay. Yeah. All right. Showtime. So, um, well, Ludi, mute yourself. My name's Ayana Brown. You heard that? Yeah, I was telling Ludia to mute herself. All right. So I'm Yana Brown, what in mercy. So what I want to say is like, okay, it is a broad definition, like a broad word, like a lot of definitions could add up to it, but the examples should make up for it. And you should take the examples as they are and come up with your own conclusion for it. Like there's different there's different definitions for uh, the word justice. Your definition of justice is going to be different than mine. Mm. I can give you examples, right? Yeah. So here's my example. All right. Here's my example. I go into the store, I never stole something a day in my life. Mm. They're going to follow me around the store before they follow you around the store because of my color of my skin, white privilege. Mm. They're going to accept the job, any job, they're going to accept it because your name's Connor and you're white race. Mm. And I'm black. I'm Ayana. That's white privilege. What's your, you know what what's your opinion on, on the actual question, does white privilege play a role in police brutality? I feel like it do because like on the news and on Twitter the other day when we was having this whole um, thing about this pandemic, right? Uh. They were outside protesting about a pandemic, which is dumb. Mm. They're about protesting with AR rifles in front of people, police's face. Mm. The white people outside with AR rifles, AK-47s. And if I see that, I'm going to feel type of way. I'm going to feel shocked. I'm like, you know, you know, I fight, um, fight, fight back and stuff like that. Mm. But they were sitting there just pushing them away and stuff like that. But Tanya Rice, who's 12 years old, who played with a fake pistol, gets shot on sight. You know what I'm saying? Mm. So that's white privilege. And that's one period. And I'm not talking no more. Mm. Justin? Uh, I see Connor typed in the chat. Did you want to respond, Connor? Nah, no. We got to keep it going. Next question. Uh, well, that's my bad. That's my bad. You good. Bad. But, um, you know, our next question has to deal with, like, the authenticity of the support on social media. Like, is it real? You know, are people really worried about making a difference? Or are people out protesting and stuff just because it's trendy? Or are they doing it for clout? So, um, we're back to the top with Nasir. What's going on, y'all? It's Nasir again. Um, Welcome back, man. We ain't hear your voice in a minute. 
in a minute, man. I'm sitting here listening to all these great responses. Y'all going in for real. Um, first, uh, I really want to touch on um, uh, just specifically um, posting mm. certain things. Uh, I feel as though, personally, bro, as long as information gets spread, it's definitely up to those receiving said information to do the research on its credibility. Because at the end of the day, regardless of who's posting it, as long as people are able to see it and are aware that, then that's what matters. You feel me? Like, mm-hmm. as long as it's getting out there, regardless of who's saying it, because people people already are portraying someone that they're not on social media, you feel me? So mm-hmm. you're going to take the information uh, with a grain of salt anyway, mm-hmm. from who, regardless of who's saying it, after like. So it's up to you to really do your research and decide on whether or not it's credible and if you want to follow it or not. Mm-hmm. Because I could say I could say anything, man. I could say I just saw a unicorn today. You know how many people will believe me, bro, because of who I am? Definitely. You see what, you see what I'm saying? I definitely understand what you're saying. It's all about it's all about whether or not you're willing to do your personal research on the information's credibility. Cause it was uh for an example, yesterday, it's going back to yesterday, you feel me? I'm gonna turn my I need to spit real quick. Going back to yesterday, uh, it was a lot of people spreading rumors that um, people in Wilmington were rioting. Like, I even had um, uh, a young lady that, like, is really close to me, like, call me, like, bro, are you down at the protest? I heard they were rioting. I'm just like, I'm not down there, but I know for a fact. Like, I'm just looking on lives. Like, people just standing around talking. So mm. what's really being spread and what, and are you willing to put in the work to, like, see if it's true or not? Because mm. anybody can tell you anything. Definitely. Just don't run, just don't run with it. Saying? Definitely, definitely. Justin? Oh, no. There are definitely people out there just for clout. Like, this kind of, like I kind of mentioned it before about how people are out there just to be, well, not necessarily clout, but are out there for the wrong reasons, for sure. Mm. Does it matter, though? Hanley, does it matter? Because... Yes, because when people are doing it for the wrong reasons, that's where the majority of stuff goes wrong. If you're... if Even if you're out there and you're too emotionally involved, I think it can lead to things going wrong. Mm. So I think you really should only be out there protesting if you know yourself well enough and you know that despite what might happen or despite how you know you'll probably be treated because you've obviously seen a trend with how people are treated out there that you will not act in a certain way that that can be seen negatively or get too riled up because it's also it's also dangerous for those people that are doing it for the wrong reasons because if you know that you're going to be like too emotionally invested in it you can put yourself at risk in trying to start things that you know won't end well. Mm, definitely. But I know that's a bit off topic on it, but yeah, there are definitely people out there for the wrong reasons. I just, that's what I just think that like people out here for the wrong reasons and people are posting different things on like showing support and people just posting just because it's trendy. But the message still is getting out there, right? So, do you think that the those are two different things? You're talking about like the people just at the protest. That's one thing. I have a different opinion about people posting stuff as well. No, nah, no. Nah, the, the question was authenticity of support on social media. And okay. Does, well, and then on social. 
social media, I also think that that I'm a bit more okay with just because if it's like you said, like if it's getting out there, then great. Mm. Um, but then at the same time, I feel like it's gonna end up backfiring because there are probably gonna be people that hold themselves above others because they posted something and they're gonna be like well you can't say that i'm whatever because i posted something and also i don't really like some of these posts because i don't know if y'all have seen it but around my school there was basically a thing like black lives matter and then white people would tag basically 10 black people they knew and i was not feeling that Mm. i was it felt very like i'm a show off like a couple of black people I know and like be praised for knowing a black person. Got you. Who, who's Colin? Who's next? Uh, Colin is up next. I mean, look, if you don't, if you don't mean the stuff you post on social media about this, what, what's happening, especially with Floyd and these, these cases that have been happening, then, I mean, I feel sorry for you, but at the same time, when you post those things, it, you're you're generating at least some support for the black community, one way or another. So I, I can't deny the fact that it's it's beneficial for the black community, I, or, or even for the cause of equality at that point. Mm. But. I don't see any reason why it would be a bad thing, even if people posted those things just for uh, popularity at that point, because it's still proving a message. Got you. Justin, who's next? So, before we go next, can I ask a final question? And this is just for uh, Connor and Colin, just because you know they are white. Did you guys feel kind of like obligated? to post about this type of stuff when you guys saw like some pressure from you know other white people or even black people uh connor you want to go first or uh you got it buddy okay i mean i actually this is kind of funny because uh i was talking to again courtney on the phone but this one was a previous conversation and we talked about he talked he i don't know we were just talking about like life and stuff like that and he said to me, he said, it's insane that, like, when it comes to, like, things such as, like, Black Lives Matter and, like, an incident like this happens with, like, racism and stuff like that, mm. he said, it's, I'm actually one of the first people to always post something. Mm. And I really took, pr- I really took pride in that because I was, like, like, and I'm, I'm a huge advocate for, like, Black Lives Matter and just getting, like, justice and everyone equal and stuff like that. And I took really a lot of pride in, like, getting a voice for the voiceless and advocating my opinion on these subjects. Mm. Connor? I I personally have been talking to people around me personally. Um, My social media influence really isn't much to bother with. I mean, I know that as a fact and I'm I'm not going to try to push that as a as a thing that um, is heard because, I, I, I mean, you can look up my statistics, but I really don't have that big of a social media following. So every time I talk to somebody about this, yeah, I spread the word that these 
these murders and especially the George Floyd case and the Arbery case and the, uh, every, every other case that's been prevalent has been wrong. But um, I, I haven't been really posting it on social media because I don't really feel a need to when you can talk to people one-on-one. Got you. Collins, who's next? Uh, Ludie, you still there with us? Ludie? Yes, I'm here. Um, yeah, so I I agree with what Connor and uh, Kirk were saying um, in regards to, like, if people are doing it for cloud, like, whatever. Um, I agree, like, the people who, who actually, like, are for the cause and the people who are out there for cloud who are taking pictures, posting it, Either way, it's still getting the message across. And that's what we want to do ultimately is to get the message across. So, um, yeah, that's how I feel about it. Next up. Uh, Watch. So, yeah, in saying that, uh, I mean, in anything that you're doing, anything that you post, social issues or not like you always gonna get somebody that wants to be trendy and be cool and, and you know try to gain some clout over it but you can't you can't worry about another person's agenda and something that bothers you mm-hmm. you know I had my you know I didn't like I was talking to one of my coaches uh, or a coach who I coach with uh, yesterday he even said, he's like, Warren, I know you weren't out there for a photo op. So if, if you know your true purpose in being out there, uh, it'll speak for itself. Definitely. The truth will, all, the truth, the truth is, the truth will always be, will always come out at some point. Like, it was dudes out there like, oh, man, I'm about to go... I'm about to go in town and go protest. Like, it's bad women out here. All right, bro. Like, that's what you're going to go do. Like, yeah. I'm not here. Man. Yeah. Like, that's that's your prerogative. Now, like, I forget. Who, was it Haley who might have said that? If I'm wrong, I'm sorry. Um, it does sometimes taint the whole movement. Mm. It does. But that's, that, that comes with that, that it comes with that. Mm. Is are you as an individual, are you going to worry about someone being there to be cool and and be in the mix? Because I know people who was out there yesterday to just be cool and be in the mix. Like, I, you could just tell by the whole disposition and their body language. Mm. Or are you going to be out there because, hey, I'm really here to speak on something? Got you. Collins? Uh, big homie, you up next. Um, yeah, say who you are. People out there. Uh, Rajay again from Arizona. Nice. Um, I definitely think you know it's people out there. You know, posting be changing, but like y'all said, it's definitely as long as they make a noise about it, they are getting information out regardless if they're genuine in it or not. But I feel like so, like if you're not going to be genuine about something, don't even do it. It's like you're going to hurt the cause at somehow or some way because. It's like, there's no time limit on empathy. If you're feeling for somebody and you're feeling how they feel, that doesn't turn off once you, oh, I post about it. You don't turn off empathy. That's just a human emotion you've got. And it's like, if you're doing that, 
and you just trying to say, oh, I did this, uh, I love black people, and then that's it, then there's no point. You're just going to waste breath. You're just blowing hot air. Like, like when Trump had the rally, look at my African-American friend. It was just the one black person. I was standing there. Like, what's the point of that? Last but not least, Ayana. Okay, so my opinion on this is that I do feel a little bit like people are doing it for, like, clout or whatever, because I feel like people just be like, okay, let me post my 10 friends, a few black ones, you know, mix up a little bit, and here's a picture of my dog. You know what I'm saying? Like, no, black lives shouldn't be a challenge. It's not a push-up challenge with Uzi and the Vert, with little Uzi Vert in the background. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is real life. Mm. So I feel like it should be taken more serious. I do feel like people shouldn't post it if they don't feel like they with it. Like, show your true colors. At the end of the day, what happens in the dark will come to the light. So, but you guys are right. Like, it does give exposure and stuff like that. And that's just my piece on it. Got you. So, r- real quick, I'd like to thank everyone from the bottom of my heart who joined us for this episode, episode eight, this discussion. Like I said before, it's imperative that we get as much perspective on these situations as we can, especially in times like this. Having an educated discussion about today's current events or what we need in order for ideas to be brought forth to the table in order to change the reality of police brutality in America. I don't want this to be the norm forever. I don't want my kids to have to go through this. I urge everyone to have a discussion with anyone who wants to talk and conversate about these things pertaining to racism and police brutality. Try to come up with some type of solution. We've been faced with this problem as long as we can could remember, really. And it's time for, it's definitely time to find a solution. Starting a conversation is the first step to finding this solution. Tune in next week for another episode of the Perk Season Podcast. Collins, what you got to say to close us out? I just think it's important we, you know, understand one another and we continue to have these discussions because change definitely isn't going to happen at the snap of a finger, but it, it can definitely start now. And I think that's important for people to realize that. All right, thanks again for tuning in. If you're listening right now, make sure y'all subscribe, follow, follow us on Instagram at the Perk Season Podcast. Um, thank you for tuning in. RIP to George Floyd and to any other unarmed black male or female that was killed due to police brutality. This episode is going to be dedicated to George Floyd and those people that I just mentioned. Thank you.